This is the Fuzzy Logic Science Show. I'm Tom Street, and uh, this is Canberra Community Radio. Today, I've got Octavio Jimenez Robles. Uh, that's bad pronunciation, sorry, Octavio. Uh, that's been uh, working at the ANU doing uh, biogeography. Have I yeah. got that right? That's correct. Yeah. So I won't explain what that is because I'm going to fuck it up, but... <laughs> We were talking about it about a year or two ago, and Octavio's finally agreed to come into this studio and, and talk about it after me pestering him for a long time because he's leaving Canberra and we can say whatever he likes, <laughs> <laughs> insult, insult everyone, and then fly off to, to Paris. Um, so, yeah, hello, welcome to the program, Octavio. Hello, Tom, um, everyone. So, what is biogeography? Well, biogeography. Yeah, I would say it's like, um, you know, a branch of biology. Biology is like such a big thing of uh, different disciplines all about explaining life. Biogeography is one of these branches, and there we try to, yeah, look at um, what's the distribution in the space, um, well, sometimes in time as well, but yeah, mostly in a space like geography. So basically like putting things in a map, putting living things in a map, that's biogeography, and try to explain why they are there or why they aren't there. So, so you mean like kangaroos are in Australia and then nowhere else and then you got beds are in most of the world or exactly. northern hemisphere. Exactly. Yeah. So you're saying like these things are here and there. and then Yes. So yeah, like geography is like this is where the lands are and this is where the mountains are, but no one's thinking about where the animals are and the types of animals and species that exist in different places. Exactly. Right. That's okay. correct. That's correct. Okay. So, yeah. Yeah, so, yeah, I, I like the, the example you gave uh, because it actually is quite related to some questions I'm exploring lately. Okay. Um, yeah, because, you know, it's, it's true that, uh, you know, we have mountains and... Well, not very big in Australia, <laughs> but yeah, we have rivers, we have forests, you know, we have habitats that, you know, could be very similar in Australia to other habitats we have in Europe or North America where there are bears, but yeah, we don't have bears here and we don't have kangaroos in in North America or, or Europe. And we can explain that through biography like like you know. the history like the history of yes so we what? call this historical biogeography when, okay when we try to go back in time and uh -huh. explain try to understand what we have in the present uh, by understanding yeah how things were in the past right so you were saying like my example about kangaroos and bears is related to some questions you've been working on lately yeah it does because um, yeah, I'm basically studying uh, at the moment in, you know, uh, well, with different groups of animals, but mammals is one of them. Um, uh, yeah. Why, um, yeah. Uh, which uh, groups of animals were, have been in some continents for a long time, and in other cases, they have arrived more recently. And, you know, it depends on the continent and the story of that continent in the context of the whole planet. So, for example, Australia has been isolated for 
a long time. Which is why we've got such weird animals here. Exactly. So Australia is very special. Uh -huh. It's very special. It has all these marsupials, which, you know, we have marsupials also in South America and in North America, but they are very different. They are like, they are related to the Australian marsupials, but, you know, like, uh, a long, long time ago. Yes, their common yeah. ancestors, you know, live. You yeah, know, dozens so of millions of years ago. My understanding is it's not actually sorted out yet if marsupials came to Australia or they originated in Australia, and and I think that the, well, the leading theory before was like, like just as Australia was breaking off, like some little rat-like marsupial came floating on a stick to Australia, and that then spread out to be all the different types of marsupials <clears> we have here. Hmm. I mean, it's it's different to be precise because. I mean, it's uh, difficult to be precise. It's, it's difficult to be precise about exactly how that happened, but we know some key facts that yeah. are, you know, we we can refer to these key facts to understand how things happen. So, you know, f um, for a long time, there's been the thought that uh, groups like marsupials they 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 were mostly in southern continents. Uh, because I mean, initially, um, yeah, like, yeah, like uh, more than 100 million years ago, when you know dinosaurs were roaming, um, so you know the animal communities were very different. Even the plant communities in the whole world were very different to what we have now. Uh, most, yeah, all all the continents were together in a big landmass that we call Pangaea. Uh -huh. And then Pangaea started breaking apart. First, it split into two other big supercontinents called Laurasia in the north and Gondwana in the south. And Laurasia split it into Europe and what is now North America. But Gondwana split it much more uh, in many more parts that drifted even more on the surface of the planet. Um, one of these parts was uh, Australia. So going back to the marsupials, um, actually the first fossil of marsupials that we have is actually found in North America. No. Yes. <laughs> so, um, I mean, this was when dinosaurs were around so you know they're, I mean they're big-headed enough the North Americans they don't need the first marsupial <laughs> well I mean there is a bit of bias in the discovery of fossils so you know uh, a lot of fossils are found in North America because you know um, they have invest invested more resources in finding them and we are still lacking a lot of knowledge so, about the fossils okay. so there's have. still a chance that we we came up with the marsupials in Australia. In Australia yeah. <laughs> oh, well, I'm not sure. I mean, I think Australia is doing a good job also uh, researching their fossil record. And actually, oh, okay. Australia is well known for 
other fossils uh, that e even older, like you know the uh, uh, the Acaran fauna. So there's more for opportunities example. for like fresh discoveries, say in South America, maybe or Absolutely. Asia or Africa or something. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, like I'm, I I was thinking more about uh, yeah developing countries. Yeah, in which uh, you know the, there's a still a lot to discover. Mm. But yeah, like I mean, what we know at the moment is that yeah the oldest known fossil of marsupials was found in what is currently North America. In that time, it was um, it was more connected to other continents. So that doesn't mean that they weren't in other places at, at the same time. But they were, for sure, we know they were in North America. So something happened uh, during all these uh, changes in the, in the um, continental structure of the planet that uh, they became at some point they became extinct in North America uh, and they became more exclusive to the continents we have in the south mm. uh, like South America or Australia um, possibly Antarctica so you know currently I mean there's been a lot of changes in these southern continents because you know they 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 split it, uh, and they had their unique uh, community of animals, like South America had their own fauna, Africa, Madagascar, India, Australia. Because, it, because all these continents were separated. Yeah. Like, Africa wasn't connected to... Uh, like the Middle East, like it is now previously, like it was just drifting around by itself for a while, was it? Or? Yeah, it didn't drift as much as uh, other pieces, but it drifted something. So, so it, it was, but it, it was, it was an island. Yeah, it was. Yeah. Uh, it was isolated. It was uh, part of Gondwana as and, well. Oh, okay. So, so, but it's been some tens of millions of years as an island where it would have developed its own unique flora and fauna like Australia yes. or New Zealand where there's just this stuff that exists there that doesn't exist anywhere else. Exactly. Yeah. So, yeah, like continents like Africa, they did yeah. have their own unique fauna yeah. and, and they still conserve some of that. Right. But then when they connected up, yes. like and like North and South America, for instance, like they got joined at some point when they were separated yes. and then all of this stuff was transferred between the two continents, right? Exactly. So yeah. that's actually what my current project is about. Yeah. Uh, we call this process biotic interchanges, uh -huh. which yeah basically means exchange of yeah. organisms from between yeah. which different I, biotas. Which I guess is a process mediated by humans that's happening now, right? Oh well, uh, <laughs> because because we're shipping all this stuff around the world, and now there's rabbits in Australia where there wasn't before, and so forever. Like they're now going on their own evolutionary trajectory in Australia, mm. yeah, and 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 like cats, for instance, like it possibly will never eradicate like wild cats from Australia, and yeah, I they, mean, then we'll have like mm. like they'll evolve and maybe they'll get bigger. Maybe we'll have like yeah, little like uh, I don't know, like wild cats that are more like a little puma or something. I assume. Like, because they're filling a niche here. Yeah, they do. I mean, sorry, uh, I'm going, it's, going off on my own speculative. <laughs> no, no, no. It's 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 <laughs> uh, it's interesting, and it's it's definitely related. I mean, obviously, what's happening now is being mediated by by humans, mm. um, and it's uh, a big problem of concern. But uh, what I'm studying are processes that happen. Well, without human intervention, obviously, and we can learn about them because, um, I mean, 
what we understand now from these uh, human-mediated invasions is that we are creating a lot of trouble in the current communities. Of, yeah, of, like it leads to a lot of extinctions, for example, right? Because the the new species coming in maybe yes. outcompete the existing ones and or eat them and and drive some to extinction or to reduce the abundances. Yeah. Yeah. So that's something that probably could have happened in the past with this biotech I mean, surely it happened, right? Yeah, it certainly happened. Um, it's, it's hard to quantify, but we can, yeah, like, yeah, we, we can try to estimate uh, how much this animal community changed. Mm. Because, I mean, we know, for example, I mean, I, I always love the example of Africa. Yeah. If we think about the big mammals in Africa, you know, the first things that come to our mind were, you know, are the, you know, the big cats, you know, lions, the cheetahs, the leopards, um, all these her big herbivores in the savannas, like the antelopes, the zebras, the giraffes. All these um, are actually, uh, well, we call them lineages, no? They, they, they are a group of animals whose ancestors actually they came from Asia. Oh. So, yeah, like, it's amazing. Like, um, such a charismatic animal of Africa, like the lion, it's not... Uh, it, their ancestors... Yeah, didn't... evolved in Asia. And then when Africa bumped into Asia, yes. then they, they, they moved down there. And yes. then, they've, then they've evolved into separate species. Yeah, so, you yeah. know, th this is a bit fascinating because, yeah. you know, if you think then okay so how was the african fauna before yeah um we can look at you know um at the fossil record and but also at uh, you know how the how is the tree of life of animals of of mammals um so there is actually yeah some groups of mammals that we call them Afrotheria, which means uh, basically African beasts, <laughs> uh, which are, you know, they, they, they were probably, they had many more species in the past. Um, Before Africa bumped into yes, Eurasia, yeah. Yes, but currently we still have a few representatives of, of, of them. That are, that they're are alive. They are alive. Extent, extent. They are, yeah. They are, what, do, what do you call the opposite of extinct? Is extent. extent yeah. 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 So they are extant. So, uh, and some of them have been quite successful. Like it's not like everything in Africa isolated. Extinct. Yeah, yeah. Everything yeah. in isolated continents like yeah. Africa. But presumably there were some big predators that when then when the big cats came in from Asia, that that went extinct because they were displaced. Or uh, potentially, I'm not an expert did, in the. So, did all cats evolve in Asia? Is it just like the 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 whole cat family evolved in Asia, and then cats went into Africa? Because I assume, like mm. like what I was saying before, with um like domestic cats going wild in Australia, and then I I it seems to me that like that's a pretty easy evolutionary step to just get bigger, like a house cat to evolve over, I don't know, some hundreds of like millions of years perhaps from a small cat to a big cat yeah it's just a very simple straightforward evolutionary process it's not like developing another eye or you know or developing eyes which is like a huge difficult 
thing to evolve. Yeah, I mean, like, I'm, I'm not a, um, an expert in, in cat evolutions. Like, like yeah. I, I'm looking at these processes in, from a broad point of view, looking at how, how was the net exchange between the different continents. So okay. I'm... Like, who was the winner? Like, which continent oh, well, like, dominated the other? It's I like, mean, I... I, like if Australia bumped into New Zealand, like our fauna would dominate their fauna, right? Like yeah, kangaroos I mean, would do really well, but like the kiwi would yeah, not do so well. I mean, really. I want to avoid this dialogue about the winners and losers. And okay. Dominance. How would you frame it? <laughs> so, I mean, let's call it exchange, exchange. or interchange. Okay. So, because, I mean, it usually happens both ways as well. Like, uh, yeah, going back to the Africa... Um, uh, turnover of um, animals, yeah. you know, these all mammal groups that, that we still have a few species extant are very weird things, but they are still alive, so they are, they are still successful. Um, you know, they are, I don't know if people would have heard about the hyrax or the aardvark or the elephant shrews, oh, okay. but definitely they have heard about the elephants. Uh -huh. Elephants they they are originally from Africa as a group, but they actually evolved very successful species that you know they spread through the rest of the world not to not into Australia but you know they even got to oh so the elephants America, were originally from Africa yes and oh, okay. they and they were quite successful. The yeah. problem is that uh, another species came later. Uh, and created a big change in the ecosystems worldwide. Uh, I'm talking about us, the humans. Oh, okay. So that doesn't work so well for the elephant. Yeah, because they, you know, they were big prey, uh, relatively slow, and you know, they they are still extant in in Africa or Asia, yeah. which uh, you know, it's been places where they probably co-evolved with humans longer, and you know, somehow they've been more adapted. But uh, yeah, in the in other places where the modern humans spread more recently, you know, um, like all these mammoths and mastodons, you know, they eventually became extinct. It could be also for other reasons like climate dynamics and eco other ecosystem changes. But for sure, mastodons are like that's like woolly mammoths, right? Yes. Yeah, yeah. Which they like, so they think that maybe people hunted them out, right? The woolly mammoth in North America and Europe. Yeah. But you're saying that we don't know for sure. Um, what, I mean, it's it's hard to be certain, but I mean, yeah. I'm, I'm not an expert in in these particular groups, but, mm. you know, I know there is people, you know, uh, talking a lot about why the mammoths were extinct. And I what I understand from their work is that, yeah, like humans played a big role. Yeah. And possibly, yeah, also, yeah. Yeah. Uh, like there's fl like fluctuations in the, in the climate. Yeah. Yeah, it's not, it's probably not one thing. No, yeah. it's probably like a synergy of things. Yeah. Um, do you, like, I, I, it seems to me that it's, it's a little bit like, um, like business, business seems a little bit like biogeography to me in a way. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like when someone's got a developing industry, you know, like that often the government needs, like uses protectionism to let a, a particular industry develop within the country. And then, it, you know, if it builds up and becomes quite successful, then they can open it up and it can compete on the world stage. 
and like the equivalent of that say for like australia's by by a geographical like success story is say maybe the eucalypt you know mm. it evolved in the sheltered workshop of australia all oh, right i don't uh, yeah i mean maybe it wasn't so good before but it got really good at what it does and now it's been spread all over the world and eucalypts are like growing wild mm. and they're a bit like rabbits in australia like a big they're a big success story in australia from the rabbit point of view yeah and you yeah i mean geez, anyway yeah it's, it's just like a yeah <laughs> I, I mean yeah like i mean we can learn from biotic interchanges uh, <laughs> as a natural process that happened millions of years ago to understand better what are the consequences of these uh, species moving into a new environment and colonizing it like in, in many cases they are not successful but in others they are super successful like yeah. the rabbits here in australia or yeah. the eucalypts outside of australia um yeah i mean we, we can learn what are the long-term consequences of this because i mean um, by, by looking at what's happening now that helps better understand the past because you yeah and, and vice versa as vice well versa. okay yeah, yeah because yeah. i mean we 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 know for example that uh, going back to Africa again, yeah, yeah. Uh, like there's been a huge change. I mean, there was a huge change in the in the African faunas, um, which, I mean, it doesn't mean we don't have to tag it as negative or positive, but I mean, for sure, you know, the total diversity probably increased uh, because you know we had these ancient lineages. Um, I mean, well, ancient is not a very proper word in this context, but I mean, we have these uh, animals that were evolving there in isolation and were unique, and then the community of animals uh, got an increase of novelty with these other animals coming from Eurasia. Um, therefore, you know, Mm, creating a change but you know um, in that process we can understand um, how yeah how that ended um, you know it ended with you know these communities we have in the present and you know the same happened um, in South America they have also their unique animals but also, you know, there was an exchange between North America and South America. Like actually, uh, going back to the marsupials, like yeah. at some point they disappear from the fossil record in North America. So, so there's no marsupials in North America now. Yes, but yeah. yes, but it's because uh, they came back to North America oh, from South so America. They went, so they went extinct and then they got reintroduced from South America when it bumped into North America yes. some millions of years ago. Okay. Yes. Uh, yeah. Which okay. are the That's interesting. Yeah, they are the opossums. Oh, the, just opossums. Uh, yeah. in the, I mean, in the case of North America, yes, the only ones. Uh, but in, in South America, we have mm. many other relatives of the opossums. Uh, but also even other groups of marsupials that are nowhere else. So, you know, that's why we cannot say in Australia, in Australia, for example, that, you know, the modern marsupials, they just come from Australia because, you know, we have also very weird uh, lineages of 
marsupials in South America as well. Yeah. So I thought that, that are placental mammals, mm -hmm. like we are placental mammal, cows, sheep, dogs, you know, most, the typical mammals, they're placental, right, in that, uh, that the animal, it doesn't live in a pouch after it's born. Like that's a marsupial is born very premature, like from our way of thinking, like as very small and mm -hmm. dependent, mm -hmm. and then lives in a pouch and suckles in the pouch. Whereas the, the, then a placental mammal, I guess it's got a placenta, and the, like a marsupial doesn't have a placenta? Mm. Is that you? Oh, mm, I think they may have. I'm not an expert in but reproductive but, biology but, of but, mammals. But yeah, but, that, but basically a placental mammal is born much more mature, and then it... Yes. Uh, and then it doesn't live in a pouch. So, like, that's that's a good enough definition, I think. Yeah, yeah, to I mean... The, to separate them. Yeah, like, I mean... Uh, both marsupials and placentals are mammals. There's yeah. also a third group, the monotremes, which yeah. are even it, more weird in terms of their reproductive biology. And they, all of them, they stem from the first lineages of, of mammals. So obviously, if you look at the current diversity of mammals, we have many more species of placentals than marsupials. Yeah. So, um, so the placentals didn't evolve from marsupials like they don't share like is that is that true i kind of thought that they did but mm, i mean that's a that's a way of thinking in evolution as a linear thing i guess we have to think in, well, in evolution more like as a a branching thing you know well, that. right right but it, so is the branch did they did they like are all marsupials more related to each other than they are to any placental mammal that's the question that I'm yeah asking. they do they are they are they are okay so yeah they they branched like kangaroos and opossums and mm -hmm. koalas all of that they branched off like they have one common ancestor that branched off from all the placental mammals at some point in the past and then they all evolved into their separate branch of the the tree of life yeah, that's what, yeah. Yeah, I mean, they, they do have a common ancestor. The, the, yeah, that's separated from all the placental mammals that, that the placental mammals don't have. That's what I'm asking. Yeah, yeah. but I'm not sure if what you are saying. So if you, saying... Want to, if you want to go back to the common ancestor of placental mammals and marsupials, that's, yeah, that's further back than the common ancestor of all marsupials. Yeah, like... Yeah, or placental... So let's put it this way, like yeah. monotremes, you yeah. know, like the platypus or the yeah. gymnas, they they are even less related to yeah. marsupials and placentals. So uh, they they are a branch within the tree of mammals that splits even earlier, even further back. Yeah, and then you know placentals and and, and marsupials, and marsupials split have a common that. ancestor that you know uh, it's they are closely more related than monotremes to marsupials or monotremes to placentals. So, yeah, yeah we call that the outgroup. Okay. Like, you know, like in the tree of life of mammals, like monotremes would be like one of the most basal groups. So if we study just the... the um, uh, Yeah, I, th I think we call it metatherians, the... Or everything that 
in, incorporates marsupials and um, placentals. Oh, okay. They are metatherians. So yeah, as opposed to so the the monotremes. There's the monotremes, and yes. then there's the metatherians. Metatherians, yeah. right? Which yeah. includes the mammal, the placental mammals, and the marsupials. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Yeah. That's correct. Yeah. Yeah. Gotcha. Um, <laughs> right, but. Sorry, what, so did I interrupt you? What were we, what were we talking about? <laughs> um, must, my, uh, I don't know. So, yeah, we don't know where the marsup where the marsupials first, like the far first marsupial species lived. It could have been. I like, mean, we know that it was they were in North America. Oh yeah, so that's that's the first known fossil evidence. Yeah, but I mean, in that time it was in North America. Yeah, but that doesn't mean that someone someone could later find some earlier fossil evidence somewhere else. I guess. Or, oh yeah, yeah, like the story could change uh, for sure. Like yeah. what we know is that for sure they were in yeah. North America. So that means they were. And how can they tell from some old old fossil that it's uh, marsupial? Is it like particular yeah. bone structure? Or, I mean, you know? yeah, that's a good question. Um, I don't study fossils themselves, uh, so I'm not an expert in that either. <laughs> uh, but I mean, paleontologists they they look at the traits that fossils have, and you know there is some unique traits that you know in the teeth and the jaws and you know other bone fragments that they can find yeah. that are unique to marsupials, so they can know that for sure some fossils belong to a particular group and not others. For I mean, the, there's always the chance of um, getting things uh, misidentified. But, uh, I mean, I think, you know, th this would be, like, very controversial. Because when you're, when you're just looking at it, yeah, you can... Yeah, yeah. I, 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 think, I think this fossil of uh, this oldest marsupial... In North America, is is well is something well accepted. Like it's 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 very likely a marsupial. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah okay. Like, yeah. I don't think there is controversy with that. Uh, yeah. Because there would be a lot of peers, you know, judging, you know, whether Looking this at is. It. Yeah. Yeah. Like you know, it, it's it's like a. It's a pretty important find. It yeah. is. It is. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So you know, but with the with the species that are extant, like the ones that are still living today, and yeah. we can do genetic analysis on them. Yes. Then, it, like, because you can get the exact DNA code, and then you can look at all the changes and how similar things are to other things. Mm -hmm. Then you can get a very good idea about how closely related things are. Exactly. And some idea about how long ago they separated. Right. Exactly. So, so yeah. Exactly. So we are. Actually, yeah, we are using currently this uh, this reconstructed tree of life yeah. of the mammals and other groups uh, based on the genetic code. Yeah. So we can reconstruct how the extant species are related. Yeah. And, you know, we can look at the different diversities they have in the different continents and we can actually reconstruct... Uh, in which continents they have been in the past. So, uh, I mean, that's uh, that only tell us uh, about the things that we can get the genetic code. Yeah. So 
we are only we, with that so a million year old fossil there's no dna left once it's turned into rock the dna is gone right Oh. oh, well, I mean, a, mi a million-year-old fossil yeah. probably still has DNA. Oh, really? Yeah, you get like, DNA from things a million years old. Yeah, I mean, the, the, the best trees, we, I mean, these trees of life and same, we call them phylogenetic trees. Uh. Uh, the most complete trees we have, they don't include many fossil species, but, you know, there's people working on recovering uh, DNA, or air, uh, yeah, um, or ARNA, um, no, RNA, sorry, RNA, <laughs> mRNA. It's it's because in Spanish it's uh, we say it in the other way around. Oh, okay. Yeah, sorry. I so th there's people trying to recover this uh, this genetic code from fossils, even from dinosaurs. It's oh, okay. fascinating. From dinosaurs. Yeah. The, the, so there's still fragments of DNA. Yeah, just fragments. It's yeah. very hard to work on that. But there's people yeah. working on that. And but if you get lots and lots and lots of fragments, you can sort of put it back together like a jigsaw puzzle, hey? Yeah. But I mean, also with the fossils, it's very important to look at the morphology because with with the morphology, with the morphological traits, uh, you know, the shapes they have, this what? particular wow. case, you, you can try to relate one to each other and you can also how can there still, how can there still be I, I mean it just seems to me that something like dna as opposed to like a bone was just so delicate that there's no way it could survive you're saying like it's been turned into rock right yeah but there's still in that rock is still like some strands of dna very little yeah. uh, so i mean like um yeah some people is uh, yeah, it's, some researchers are yeah. trying to to recover some infor information from there. Yeah, I'm not sure how solid is what we can get from there. It's, it's yeah. obviously not as good as from the DNA we can get from extant right. animals. Yeah. So yeah. it it may help, uh, you know, to learn more things about the. Mm how related were all these other extinct animals or plants. Uh, yeah. So am I right in saying that, that, like, from looking at the DNA, that we can tell that all marsupials, oh, no, sorry, um, mam marsupials, sorry, yeah, marsupials in Australia are more related to each other. So, like, a kangaroo is more related, related to a kangaroo and to um, uh, a wombat mm -hmm. than marsupials anywhere else in the world yes yeah, yeah. So we say an opossum in south america yeah you know like they're like a distant cousin but like the koala and the kangaroo and the yeah um the wombat are all like siblings is that that is that correct yeah it's correct so and, yeah and the yeah the trees the trees we get from these more molecular traits yeah. this dna uh yeah they reflect those and, and, and from that mm -hmm. like that can lead people to suspect that marsupials did not evolve in Australia because if they evolved here, then you would expect that um, 
that that if they'd spread out, like there was like a common ancestor that was here, and then right. some some of the family had left yep. subsequently, that they would be, like the ones around the world would actually be more closely related, and actually yep. you know maybe the wombat and the kangaroo would be distant cousins, and the opossum would be a brother and a sister. Yeah, you know, like it would be. Because yeah. it, yeah, it's, it's like, yeah, you were like a close member of the family and then you mm-hmm. just went overseas. Yep. Yeah. Whereas it's actually, no, the family started off somewhere and yes. then, yeah, and then like one branch of it migrated to Australia. Yeah. And that's why everyone in Australia is closely related. Yeah. yeah. Well, migrated to Australia or, I mean, even before Australia was isolated when it was part of uh, Gondwana. Yeah, yeah. You know, they were just... So they might have walked here or they might have, like, floated on a bunch of sticks or yeah. something. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it looks like it was but, 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 but here a long time. So. But, yeah, it, like, presumably it's just one species that came into Australia and then evolved, or, or maybe when it was, yeah, maybe it was... Yeah, I mean... Well, the, we might have been connected to other continents. Yeah, like in, in the case yeah. of the marsupials in Australia, I wouldn't say it was a species coming into Australia once oh, okay. it was isolated. Like probably Australia became isolated already with communities of marsupials. So uh, probably by the time Australia isolated from the rest of Gondwana, okay. uh, there were multiple species of marsupials here uh, that you know they kept evolving in isolation. Yeah, but they they happened to be like reasonably close, m- more closely related than to other to each other than that than to marsupials in other parts of the world when Australia. Well, they yeah, yeah yeah in fact they do uh, yeah okay yeah because the yeah the marsupials in South America yeah they are different groups. Uh, uh, so yeah, they are more related. Here. I kind of like the idea of like just one like marsupial like clinging to a log and like washing up and then <laughs> radiating out to become all the species we've got here. But you don't know. You think it's no, I, happened earlier. Not that. with the marsupials, but that yeah. did happen with other animals. Like in Australia. Yeah. For example, I'm studying some groups of geckos as well. Oh, okay. We know they came from Eurasia at some point, and geckos in particular, they are very good at traveling in in vegetation rafts and oh, okay we, we even have in australia another case of geckos that came from madagascar oh really yeah so people just presume because this gecko is here we know it's been here since europeans first came and so then people just presume well you just yeah you you climbed onto a log or something in madagascar and just washed right across the indian ocean to australia yes i mean obviously nobody saw it happen but you can just that's presumably what happened yeah yeah so i mean it's very interesting like uh one of the species of this uh, genus of geckos that yeah. came from from Madagascar is actually uh, we have it here in Canberra. It's the marble gecko. Okay, it's called Christinus marmoratus. Um, yeah, that's a, a, it. Belongs to a genus that has a few species here in in Australia. Yeah, but yeah, their most closely ancestors are in the other side of the of, of the Indian Ocean. Right. Um, but it's not so. It's not possible that it it came through trade routes, you know, in the no, la- no, 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 with the last you know last thousands of years. No, no, no. Because the, because the, it's already speciated. Like there's various different species of it in Australia. So that would, is a process that would have taken I don't know hundreds of thousands or millions of years to happen, right? Yeah, this so is it obviously predates hum- humanity. Yeah, yeah. So th- this is something 
it's not a human mediated yeah, because introduction. This yeah. is, this happened naturally. Because so yeah. so species move from between continents yeah. by themselves. Yeah. So that's why I think it's very interesting to compare what's happening now in the human mediated mediated introductions with these old naturally occurring introductions. Yeah. Because yeah we have had a, an admixture of animals and plants between different land masses through time. Um, what is happening now is very concerning because it's happening in multiple directions. It has never happened before at this scale. In You know, it's happening... Yeah. yeah. yeah and it's happening It's very also, concerning because it's leading to huge amounts of extinctions, right? And, and yes. changes in ecosystems. So, yeah, ecosystems yeah. have been... Or what, is ecosystem the right word? They've been destroyed and sort of turned into something. Yeah, well, I mean, new, not destroyed, but they they are being exposed to changes that they have never been before. I mean, like everything in ecology is is dynamic. Yeah, like climate change is is being always changing. It's not it's not new, but now it's it's it, yeah. It's well, it's it's a good comparison climate change because now we talk a lot a lot about climate change mm. but climate has been changing always but it hasn't been changing as it's, as it's rapidly changing now like now it's oh. human mediated oh, okay. climate yeah. change yeah is a big concern because we are yeah. changing you know we are changing the geological cycles of elements to yeah. a level that it has never been before yeah. so it has geologic consequences yeah and the same could be happening with this um introductions of a species like there's been always some level of natural yeah. dispersal yeah. between different uh, biotas different communities of animals in different continents but now the level of dispersal we are having it's uh, it's it's it might be higher than in the past in other cases or at least it's it's being also very very biased towards certain organisms like you know like we are not moving big mammals for example right. but we are moving things that are hidden in the in you know in all these ships uh, like you know geckos insects rats little things that climb onto a ship and climb off or like move in stuff we're shipping around or yes yeah, things yes. that transport just easily on yeah. us or, yeah and in other cases also things that humans think that are pretty like uh -huh. you know like uh, squirrels in the uk yeah they, they were released from north america uh -huh. or, or you know a lot of birds here in australia yeah. or in new zealand were int intentionally introduced yeah, yeah because they were cute and yeah you know. <laughs> like sparrows i believe they were yeah. born intentionally yeah yeah well sparrows is probably a mix of everything because they are also quite successful themselves and they may they may actually move a bit by themselves, but I, I, I think, think sparrows. Yeah, I think sparrows are intentionally introduced. Into yeah, they, they did. Yeah, a bit like the starlings as well. Like we can't actually know. Oh, we don't know if they were. Oh uh, yeah, I mean, I think they do. I, I'm not an expert in this, so that's why I cannot tell you precisely. Yeah. But I know that starlings. I've seen recently. There's like a yeah, a couple of yeah. studies pointing at a couple of introductions yeah. in Australia because they are genetically a bit different and then they, they mix in the landscape here in, in Australia. But like with what you were saying though, with the changes, right? Like my, my understanding of the way I would put it is 
that the earth has seen massive changes before and and like when a- africa for example crashed into eurasia mm. that was a huge change but those changes don't happen that often you know they happen every 100 million years or something mm-hmm. and like the climate has changed drastically before and maybe quite rapidly even but it doesn't happen that often but it's happening now you know and that's going to impact us now is the point yep. like we're seeing rapid and dramatic change in the climate that you know that we haven't seen in the history of at least civilization you know like like the climate's been quite stable while human civilization has existed for the last 10,000 years or so mm-hmm. and now we're going to see what is it like when the climate really changes while we're trying to sustain a civilization and what what is that going to mean for us and the, and with the like the biogeography stuff mm-hmm. is like we're creating an event that maybe is on the scale of Africa running into Eurasia right which have maybe you know seen these sort of events before and it led to mass extinction but then you know they don't happen every day they don't happen every 10,000 years they don't happen every million years they happen every 100 million years or something yeah. you know, like on massive time scales yeah definitely yeah, the activities that humans are it's, it's creating are changing. Are the, very important. Yeah, they are changing geological cycles and energy flows on the planet in a way that, yes, yeah, having is going to have uh, consequences even at the geological scale. Um, yeah, that's pretty important. If it's, what do you mean by that? Well, so... Yeah, so, I mean, when we talk about climate change now, we are thinking how it's going to affect us. But, uh, and also when we talk about um, the current human-induced... Climate change. uh, Human-induced climate change, but human-induced species introductions. Uh Uh, But we can also use information on how fluctuations in the climate change the diversity on the planet before um, at a more, at a bigger scale that we call geological scale. Because, I mean, it's funny, you know, we are very concerned about what's happening now. Um, It's very interesting to talk to geologists or paleontologists because they have a time dimension... um, you know, a perception of time very different uh, because they think they, they see things in in a yeah in a much wider scale. Bigger time so scales. I think yeah. I think it's good to look at both, but also is you know it's, it's not that I'm saying that we shouldn't be that concerned about what's happening now. It's actually the opposite because I mean we are. Well, the rate of the changes we are having now, both in terms of climate and species introductions, is being probably very fast, and we are going to suffer the consequences, which, I mean, from a selfish point of view, is is concerning. Um, but right, but like the world in millions and millions of years from now it's going to be different anyway but life even life, if we well, wouldn't do okay. anything even if we don't do anything yeah like continents yeah. will crash into each other climate will change yeah like yeah. nothing is permanent yeah 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 <laughs> but yeah we're, we're creating dramatic changes right now which will affect us yeah whereas you know we could be 
chilling for I don't know thousands or millions of years, with yeah, sort of staying the same, which has been suiting us. Yeah, you know. and I mean there is also a lot of. So like you, but you build it like you build a house. Your house isn't permanent. Like one day it's going to fall down. You know? Yeah, it's so it's all about time scale, isn't it? You want you want something that's going to last a bit longer. Yeah, than shorter. I don't know. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, <laughs> nothing's permanent, but yeah, it's good if it lasts a bit longer. Um, I don't know if we addressed like what you're working on at the moment, because I'm not sure if we have. Yeah, I mean, sort of like, uh, I mean, basically, uh, yeah, what, what I'm trying to do at the moment is, uh, yeah, using these um, these phylogenetic trees, which is are these reconstructions of the tree of life of different groups like the mammals, but also reptiles, birds, uh, amphibians, to see where they they are at now, but you know, mm, also try to trace back where their ancestors were and try to reconstruct if they were dispersals between different uh, land masses, different continents, um, and try to understand yeah. Uh, how so, so this is like that stuff you're talking about, like cats moving from mm -hmm. Asia into Africa. Yeah, I mean not just cats, oh, but you know all sorts of things. Yeah, like how how many dispersal events we had between the but, different continents through time. So, you know, we can see that there is often like an asymmetry in these uh, biotic interchanges that I mentioned. So stuff going in both directions. There's stuff going both directions. Once, but once. It's, it's often not symmetric. So Symmetrical? Yeah, it's, not, it's, it's often not symmetrical. So more stuff is going in one direction than the other? It, yeah, it, it often goes more in one direction than the other. Yeah. Uh, and in the case, in most cases, we know it's often, uh, I mean, the thing is that because Gondwana split it into more parts than Laurasia, mm. and they were smaller, they have moved more, they have been exposed to more environmental change. The Probably the faunas um, and plant communities we have in these uh, smaller land masses, they were probably um, less rich in species mm -hmm. than the big other continents like yeah. Eurasia yeah. or North America. Yeah, I would assume it's like the big continents have you know, the, the most opportunity to develop sort of really competitive species. Yeah, I mean, just by the fact that they are bigger, that's a thing. Yeah. So they, you know, there's, they are bigger, so they have more species, so they, therefore they have more interactions between species. So, so um, yeah, so I'm trying to explore how asymmetrical were these exchanges and trying to explain uh, if they were, we can explain them just by the different areas of the continents or how the environments in those continents had changed because some continents changed more than others. Okay. Like you know, like India, for example, it was close to Madagascar, and and both together they were close to Africa as well. And you know, Madagascar kept isolated in the Indian Ocean, but India kept moving north and collided with Asia, uh, lifting all the Himalayas. So you know, uh, India has been exposed to a lot of environmental change. Then they joined this big continent, Eurasia, and there's been a massive uh, change in their faunas, probably. Like, we, in terms of mammals, for example, uh, I don't think we can recognize 
hardly any ancient lineage uh, that was originally in that isolated Indian continent. From India? No, but for example, mm. with other groups of vertebrates like frogs and some reptiles, we, we can find some lineages that they were probably in India um, before it joined Eurasia. Yeah, okay. So they were, um, I'm not allowed to say success. I was going to say an Indian success story. but <laughs> So something that evolved in India while it was a little, it was an island drifting through the Indian Ocean yeah. and that didn't get wiped out when it joined the rest yeah. of the, the Eurasian continent and then have sort of spread outside of India, presumably. Yeah. So a bit, so a bit like Eucalypts in Australia have, you know, like they're, they're successful in the rest of the world and presumably yeah. will continue I mean, to yeah, survive I mean they, and evolve in those continents yeah. into the future. I mean, the eucalypts in Australia are very, very, very successful ecologically. We have so many species yeah. and they are very... And they, do, and they do well in Africa and South America and yeah, all over do. the world. They right? do. Yeah, yeah, they are maybe a bit like the elephants were, but I mean, even better because they, they have... So right. many species, even right now. I yeah. mean, the thing that is that Australia, for example, you know, it's been drifting, uh, but it's been quite isolated. It hasn't joined yet Eurasia. It, it, it may join Eurasia in millions of years in the future, yeah. but it, it has already received some migration in the past from things from Eurasia or even Africa or Madagascar, as, as we were saying before. Yeah. Uh, like yeah, w yeah, it's been yeah. Other groups of geckos, for example, they came from from Asia uh, and also originated many species here in Australia. So yeah, um, like I mean, the net result of this biotic interchange is seems like is probably like an increase in the overall diversity, but also at the cost of maybe losing some of of the lineages that were originally in both sides. The ex exchanges increases biodiversity. It does. Um, so I, mean, I would have thought if the world was made up of millions of little islands... It would be more diverse. It would be more diverse because every... It's like, um, mm. like Darwin got... Like yeah. the, the, the finches in the Galapagos Islands, how every island had a different species of finch, and Darwin looked at that and was like, oh, yeah, yeah, they yeah. spread out to the islands and then they've all evolved separately yeah, because I mean, they couldn't. That's disagree. correct. Like the, the local diversity would be higher in that case. If I would have thought would the local isolated. diversity would be lower, but the international diversity would be higher. Well, yeah, that's correct. Yeah, 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 that's correct. But yeah, yeah, yeah that's correct. Because every yeah. island would have its own species, but on that island you mm -hmm. wouldn't be able to maintain as many species. And so, yeah. So, like, yeah. But when, when we connect island, these islands, when you connect it all up, we, we we may increase actually the overall diversity of area. the island. Yeah. But presumably over time, right? Because say say in New Zealand or Australia, New Zealand being maybe a more extreme example, where they had like. There's just birds, basically no m mammals, right? And then you introduce, say, the rat. Yeah. And the rat is just such a sophisticated predator. You know, like my, mammals are just really good. Like they're highly yeah. successful. And then you bring them in and birds are filling all those ecological niches. Like they yeah. do all the things that mammals do. Like they're eating vegetation and walking around. They can't necessarily fly. Birds yeah. aren't very good at that. And you bring in the rat, and it displaces. Like, it's better at doing so many things than birds, well, and it eats the yeah. birds, and it wipes out 100 species of bird, and then you've just got one type of rat, maybe. 
So yeah, but I mean, uh, it it also depends how we measure diversity. Yeah. So we can measure diversity as the number of species we have in an area. So in that case, yeah, the introduction of a new a group of animals like the rats may actually decrease the total diversity, even if we are adding one species more. But if we look, for example, at the other levels of diversity, like if we count how evolutionarily uh, what these new incoming organisms are bringing to the community, they are bringing more new things Evolutionary. Oh, okay, yeah. So, so, the, so like the suddenly New Zealand is more diverse. Like it's got less numbers of species, but it's got more different species. Yeah, because it has a group of animals that has never mammals, been which there is Really, before, really different, and that creates more. Yeah, okay. Evolutionarily, uh, yeah, more more diversity genetic diversity. But yeah, yeah we, we can see it in terms of evolution opportunities. Yeah, okay. because yeah, it's like an a new lineage um, yeah you know in the future uh, you know let, let, let's think in, in another case example in australia like the cane toads they came here uh -huh. uh, because they were introduced by humans but you know now they are here we cannot get rid of them and they are probably already starting to um, become adapted to different regions and different environments, different interactions with the different species we have through all the space in Australia. And in the, in the future, if they keep being successful, mm -hmm. they may evolve into different species. Um, you know, by just a single introduction of these lineages, we, we, we can actually increase the overall diversity in time. Mm. Of course, I'm not justifying the human meditative introductions. Yeah, but, but over millions of years, then yeah. yeah, and we can we can use the past biotic interchanges to understand these other ancient colonizations of new land masses and how this led into uh, we call them radiations of species, which led to an overall increase of diversity. Okay, so oh. We've got two minutes left. I don't know if we've done justice <laughs> to uh, everything you've said. Do you want to, uh, yeah, since you're leaving Canberra, this is your chance to, like, tell everybody what you thought of them. That's <laughs> 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 yeah, your chance. Uh, <laughs> or any final words? Yeah, well, uh, yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, just saying that, yeah, I have had a, a great time here in Australia. Uh, be more exposed about the unique uh, communities we have here, both plants, animals, and people. <laughs> Very interesting, all of them. Um, yeah, uh, have learned a lot. I guess we have exchanged also uh, a lot of knowledge. Um, yeah, uh, maybe maybe I'll come back. Yeah, uh, I hope so. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> well, I can't play the, the outro music for a full minute, so, <laughs> um, yeah, well, thanks very much for coming on the show. Uh, thank you very much for inviting me. It's yeah. been a pleasure. Um, yeah. So as Octavio Jimenez 
Robles. Yes. And he's off to Paris now. He's originally from Spain, but off to Paris now to continue yes. doing your research. Yes. I'm, yeah. I'm going to continue this project on biotech interchanges in, in the Col Normal Supérieur in, in Paris. Okay. In France. Awesome. Um, I, yeah. Yeah. Well, thanks very much. Thank you.